All right, everybody, welcome to episode number 127 of the Between the Cracks podcast. I am your host, Bill, and unfortunately, I will indeed be flying solo tonight. Chris and I could not get our schedules to match up in order to record this week, so I figured I would try to tackle this one by myself. So in light of recent aviation news, uh, more specifically, (laughs) the horror story that took place with the Alaskan Airlines flight that had the door plug blow out, and in turn ripping off a piece of side paneling that just flew off into the ocean while they were thousands of feet in the air, mind you, uh, I thought that this was as good of time as ever to tackle an aviation tale, if you will. I didn't want to talk about a tragic event. I wanted to talk about something that would obviously scare the shit out of us, but a story that would also be a testament to the human spirit. And I put those things together and I came up with British Airways Flight 5390. Buckle up, my good people on podcast land, because this story is absolutely insane. Please fasten your seatbelts. Let's get right into it. Our story takes place on June 10th of 1990 in Birmingham Airport in England, of all places. That is when British Airways Flight 5390 was scheduled to depart from Birmingham Airport, like I said, to Maragra Airport in Spain. And the plane in question here was a BAC Back 111. Back BAC being British Aircraft Corporation. Originally, this was a, a smaller aircraft, but as time went on, they increased the size. So, generally speaking, on average, these would sit about, you know, roughly 80 to 90 people. And I think they eventually even went up to uh, being able to hold about 120, 25 people. But anyway, the BAC Back 111 was. Uh, designed to be a short haul narrow body aircraft and short haul meaning just the the distance of the flight itself and that's exactly what we have here i'm looking at the flight patterns and times right now and it says that a flight between birmingham and malaga typically takes about two hours and 55 minutes so you're not talking a very long period of time, talking distance of New York to Florida or whatnot. And I had recently just taken a flight from New York to Nashville. That was about two and a half hours. And that's uh, another aviation nightmare story for another time. But, but, but nonetheless, we're, we're not here to talk about you, Chris. We're here to talk about British Airways Flight 5390. And that's what we're going to do, damn it. So here we are back at Birmingham Airport. And we're on our way to Malagra Airport in Spain. The flight had 87 occupants, there were 81 passengers, and six crew members, all right? So uh, let's give a rundown here. We had Captain Timothy Lancaster, who's going to be the the star of tonight's program. He was 42 years old, and he had logged in over 11,000 flight hours, including over 1,000 hours on the back 111. So this guy knows what's up. He knows exactly what he's doing. And in addition to old Timmy here... The co-pilot was 39-year-old Alistair Atchison. So, I mean, Alistair might be the star of the show. Yeah, I mean, I'll let you guys decide that because this story gets insane. <laughs> uh, anyway, Alistair had about 7,500 flight hours and 1,100 of them on a BAC-111. So these guys knew exactly how to handle this aircraft. So in addition to the two pilots, like I said, there were 81 passengers and you had four stewards or stewardesses so in total you had 87 passengers aboard flight 5390 so that sets the tone here we know the kind of aircraft we know the route we know the amount of people on board and from all accounts the departure was just ordinary there was nothing that anybody took note of that that seemed out of place 
And that uh, takeoff itself was handled by the co-pilot, Alistair Atchison. And that took place at roughly 8.20 a.m. And he handled the, the ascent into the uh, blue skies above. And then at some point in time, he handed over the controls to the captain, Timothy Lancaster. Everything seemed to be going fine. It's at this point, both pilots, uh, they released their shoulder harnesses. Everything seemed to be well. You know, they're flying into friendly skies. What the hell could go wrong, right? <laughs> well, about 13 minutes at approximately 8.33 a.m., whilst the stewardess are getting ready uh, to prep the meals and pass out, you know, your little drinks and your pretzels, whatever, that's when all, and I mean all, hell breaks loose. And this is when uh, we get a first-hand account from flight attendant Nigel Ogden. It's at this point he was about to enter the cockpit when he hears a loud bang. And I had just experienced something very similar. I mean, uh, of course, it wasn't similar to this, but the flight I had just recently been on was going very smoothly. I had my seatbelt off. I was talking to my son. I was standing there. All of a sudden, heard a big bang, and the plane drops about two to three feet. Listen, I know turbulence isn't dangerous. I don't want to hear it. I, I get the story all the time. But nonetheless, it rattles you. There's just no way it cannot. And if it doesn't, you have to be some kind of serial killer. <laughs> it's terrifying. Anyway, you know, we're talking about old Nigel here. So like I said, flight attendant Nigel Ogden was entering the cockpit when he hears the sound. And that's not the only thing that happened. He noticed that the cockpit itself began filling with condensation. So you know right there, <laughs> something, something's really wrong. First off, you're hearing a lot of bangs, and now all of a sudden, the cockpit is filling with condensation. Oh my God, I'd, I'd be a mess. But that's just the beginning of the problems. Because at this point, Nigel notices that the left widescreen panel separated from the forward fuselage. The window just flies right out. And get this. That's not the only thing that just flies out. Oh, no, no, no. Not by a long shot, my good people. No. Captain Timothy Lancaster follows the same route of that windscreen panel and flies straight out of the plane. He's, he's sucked right from his seat. And remember, we had said he removed his seatbelt. So he sucked right from his seat and is propelled head first, head first out of the flight deck. Envision this. The windscreen or, or the front window of this aircraft in a cockpit flies right off. In turn, it picks up the captain who had just removed his seatbelt and sucks him right out of the plane. But here's where something miraculous happens. This is insane. As Captain Lancaster was being sucked right out of that aircraft, his knees got caught on the flight controls. That was enough to hold him back, but not all the way because the upper torso of his body was already on the exterior of the plane. So I want you to envision this, okay? Because I, I, I don't know if I'm telling it dramatically enough, but we have our captain, our dear captain, Timothy Lancaster, sucked from the plane. He would have met his maker in a heartbeat if his legs did not get caught on the control panels. It sucks him out from the torso up. Only thing saving him is that his knees got caught on the controls. But it's not going to stay that way for a while. 
So somebody has to do something. Otherwise, uh, the old captain here is going to be mincemeat. He's either going to fly directly into the engine or be somewhere in the Atlantic being used as a volleyball by a few orcas. So someone has to do something. And boy, did they. So when you're in a situation like this, you have to be so focused on every little minute detail, everything that's going on around you. So with that said, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if everybody on board Flight 5390 had Magic Mind in their system. Which brings up a good question. What is Magic Mind? For those of you that are new here, allow me to tell you. Magic Mind is the world's first fully optimized blend of adaptogens, neurotropics, and functional mushrooms. Magic Mind is a potent elixir which is infused with 13 ingredients and they all work together to provide a holistic solution for optimized mental health. And I'll just give you a quick rundown of some of my favorite ingredients. You have matcha, lion's mane, along with all the essentials. You got a vitamin B complex, vitamin C, but my favorite is the ashwagandha. You put all those things together and what's that spell? productivity is what it spells to me and I'll tell you why because no longer do I feel the need to down endless cups of coffee throughout the day because you know let's face it especially during the winter months I've been looking for something to help me with my productivity and my energy levels as well as my concentration throughout the day because you know all those things kind of all work together they're all kind of one and the same and oftentimes I find myself drinking more coffee more coffee and more coffee in order to try to get those levels to be where I want them to be. Then boom, suddenly you crash, right? Then all of a sudden that leads to a bad night's sleep and then you find yourself spiraling. But that doesn't happen with Magic Mind, okay? Because remember I said it's a magical little elixir and by little, I mean a small two ounce shot. That's right, you take a small shot and you're good to go for the day. I take it every morning right after I wake up and a Boom, I'm ready to go. There's a burst of energy. I'm ready to just attack my day. And that helps you get more done and in turn puts you in a better mood, right? So the benefits are endless here. But I have one more thing to share with you guys. My friends over at Magic Mind have created a super offer to share with you good people out in podcast land. Get this, only this January to help you crush your 2024 goals and stay fully focused throughout the year, Magic Mind is offering you one month for free when you subscribe for three months at magicmind.com forward slash Jan Between. That's J-A-N-B-E-T-W-E-E-N. That's magicmind.com forward slash Jan Between. And you use our code B-E-T-W-E-E-N-2-0. That's between 20. B-E-T-W-E-E-N-2-0. It's an extra 20% off, which gets you up to 75% off. But hurry up, because this offer only lasts until the end of January. Once again, it's magicmind.com forward slash J-A-N-B-E-T-W-E-E-N and use our code between 20. So give Magic Mind a shot today and take your first shot of Magic Mind tomorrow. Now, remember I said <laughs> this crew had to do something and did they ever. I mean, this flight crew 
jumped into action like nothing you've ever seen in your life. And we're going to get into that in just a bit. But I just wanted to set the tone of what's going on here just a little bit more, as if this isn't crazy enough. So as the captain is sucked out of the windscreen, he's on the outer portion of the plane. His upper torso is getting battered against the outer portion of the plane. It's just whipping him all around at 17,000 feet in the air. Luckily, his legs are caught on something, but that's not the only problem that they're facing here. <laughs> I mean, that's the biggest problem for the captain, but the, the rest of the crew here, they have to react because at this point, the autopilot had disengaged due to all this. So this is causing the plane itself to descend rapidly. Basically, they're going into a, a, a goddamn nosedive. I, I can't even talk about this stuff. This is how nervous it makes me. I, I hate flying. I, I hate it with a passion. Don't you agree, Chris? I say, Chris. So now everything is just a free-for-all, and it's just like a domino effect. I'm reading here that the flight deck door was blown inward due to this and onto the control console, thereby blocking the throttle control, which was then, oh my God, causing the aircraft to gain speed as it's nosediving, as it's descending. And in addition to this, everything's getting sucked out of the cockpit. Things are flying all over the place. Debris is flying out of the cockpit to the passenger cabin, from the passenger cabin to the cockpit. I mean, all hell's breaking loose. This is a free-for-all. And the plane's descending. <laughs> we're getting closer. <laughs> we're, we're getting closer to disaster by the minute. You know the phrase, time is of the essence. Oh my God. And it, it's never been more true than in this situation. So all hell's breaking loose. You got shit flying all over the place. You got passengers screaming, the plane is descending, and let's not forget, we still got half of Captain Timmy's body hanging out of the plane here. With the wind hitting him so hard, <laughs> his body's getting bashed against the side of the plane. There's blood all over the place from the impact wounds. I mean, winds are so catastrophic at this point, I'm sure he's wearing his balls, his earrings. So you can't imagine any scenario where anybody is staying calm. But there is one person who's staying very calm. Or, oh, I shouldn't say calm, well, he, he kept his wits about himself. And that's old Nigel. Remember flight attendant Nigel Ogden? Nigel here, he jumps into action. He grabs Captain Timothy Lancaster's pants. He grabs his belt to keep the lower portion of his body within the plane. He's doing everything he can to prevent him from ultimately meeting his demise if he flies out this window. Because, you know, if you look at it, there, there were basically three scenarios. Either he's going to be saved and pulled back in, or plummet to his death from 17,000 feet, or, you know, even worse than that, fly directly, and I mean directly, into that plane engine, because he was right there. So in all seriousness here, thank God Nigel jumped into action. So we find out that the other flight attendants, they were trying to secure loose objects, because you imagine everything's just going crazy, flying around all over the place, and... More importantly than that, they're trying to reassure and calm passengers. It's been noted how poised they were and how they were able to calm and reassure the passengers that they were going to be okay, that they needed to uh, adopt their brace positions and anticipate an emergency landing. So, I mean, I, I obviously can never be a flight attendant. <laughs> I would be panicking and screaming at everybody in my path. So, uh, I mean, good for them for being able to do this, and it was very important that they did. And obviously, without giving too much away, in this particular situation, it worked. And we find out here, and this is crazy, <laughs> that the, the plane itself 
was not equipped with oxygen for everyone on board. So that in and of itself can lead to a very ugly situation. I mean, if you have oxygen and the passenger next to you doesn't, you know, this could lead to a very ugly situation where people fighting for these these, these uh, oxygen masks. But uh, nonetheless, that's where they find themselves uh, with, with a lack of oxygen supply for all the passengers. So at this point in time, co-pilot Alistair Atchison, he began a rapid emergency descent. He does this in order to get the plane to be at an altitude with sufficient air pressure. Because remember, at these current altitudes, there's a lack of oxygen. And even though we're in June, at elevations of this height, it's absolutely freezing out there. So with a gaping hole in the cockpit, I mean, this is just a matter of time before complete and utter disaster strikes. So all these factors are adding to the stress for the co-pilot. And lest we forget, we got to descend here because we still got Captain Timmy taking a beating on the outside of the plane. And you got Nigel holding on to him for dear life. Like, like he's trying to tackle a running back at the one yard line to, to win a Super Bowl. I mean, this is absolutely fucking insane. Just think about this scenario in your head, how absolutely wild <laughs> this is. I, I will never fly again. I will never fly again. I, I don't give a shit. I don't want to hear anything about it. I hate flying in general. Are you crazy? Are you out of your mind? So like I said, problems are just getting compounded one after another. So co-pilot, Alistair Atchison is trying to contact air traffic control. He needs to land in his plane. But the problem is, due to the fact that there was no longer a window in the cockpit, the wind noise itself made it extremely difficult to establish communication. That led to a delay as far as handling these emergency procedures. Just because co-pilot Alistair is in control of the aircraft now and, and is attempting to make an emergency landing does not mean by any stretch of the imagination that they're out of the woods yet. So like I said, there's the issue with communication. The wind is blowing. It's still moving shit all around. People are still panicking. No matter how much the flight attendants are doing, they still are dealing with, you know, 81 passengers that probably feel like they're about to plummet to their death. So that that's just insane in and of itself. Also, Nigel now, flight attendant Nigel Ogden, is getting exhausted. He's been holding on to the captain for quite some time now. And he, he is getting weaker by the moment. And he's realizing now, even through all of his efforts, that the captain is being sucked further and further out of the plane. So, you know, we got to land this plane now. This plane has to get on the ground now. They're not going to be able to hold on to this guy for much longer. So the other flight attendants, after tending to the crowd, they jump in to try to help Nigel because they see that he's getting so completely exhausted. So we have Chief Steward John Hayward and flight attendant Simon Rogers. So they then, at this point in time, take over for Nigel and they're holding on to the captain. And, uh, you know, and th this is where it gets very, very traumatizing for everyone. Because remember, I said, you know, the, the strength of the wind outside the fuselage is just, you know, second to none when you're out there uh, up, you know, 17,000 feet up in the air above the ground. And you can imagine what that would do to the human body. The crew is holding on to Captain Timothy Lancaster, but they actually believe that he's passed away, that he has succumbed to these injuries because they keep hearing his head banging against the side of the fuselage and they're noticing a buildup of blood and whatnot. I mean, what else would you really think, you know? Because this is something that you would never think someone could actually survive. 
Or could they? Because our story is about to take a turn for the better. The much better. <laughs> Atchison, we find out, he kept his shit together. He tells the, the flight attendants, even though they may feel that it's of no use to hold on to the captain anymore, that he could possibly still be alive. Do not let go. The reason is twofold. Because like I said, he might still be alive. But also, if they do let his body go, that he could either strike the wing or get sucked into the engine, thereby causing irreversible damage to the plane and possibly causing it to plummet. So keep that in mind as well. Because right now... It's a crapshoot. They don't know if he's alive or dead. And even if he was alive, he'd have no way to communicate that. You're not going to be able to hear him. Any motion that the captain's body makes outside the plane, you're just going to think he's just getting tossed all around. It's not going to look like anything to you. Uh, obviously, you'd have to imagine that this guy's in complete shock. And you would think that his body has begun shutting down, in all honesty. As the flight is indeed descending, and co-pilot Adjutson has regained control of the flight itself, he's now able to hear and respond to air traffic control. As they directed him to make an emergency landing, there were fears here that the, the runway itself might not be long enough, and that the BAC, the 111, had too much fuel in it thereby making it highly combustible if indeed it had any trouble landing. So that was another issue that they had to be aware of. So <laughs> just, like, just literally everything that could go wrong is going wrong here. But Atchison, right now, he had no other options. Air traffic control gives him the, the go-ahead to make an emergency landing at Southampton Airport. This is his only option. Flight 5390 must make an attempt to land at Southampton Airport. And that's exactly what they attempt. As the descent begins, the flight attendants are still holding on to Captain Lancaster's legs, but they are able to free him at this point. Now, I don't know if that's a... <laughs> I don't know if that's a good idea or not. You know, if those controls had held him in place this long, I don't know if I would tempt fate and, and try to... Uh, let him loose until this plane is fully on the ground. But uh, anyway, they were able to uh, free his ankles, apparently, while holding on to him and then eventually being able to pull his body back in. It's at this point, at 8.55 local time, British Airways Flight 5390 lands safely at Southampton Airport. But that's not the only good news. It seems as the body of Captain Timothy Lancaster was pulled back in to the cockpit, they realized something. Captain Timothy Lancaster was still alive. That's right. He suffered from frostbite on his face, a dislocated shoulder, it was said that he had very severe shock at the time. And as I said before, you could see the external portion of the plane in some pictures. And it's actually filled with uh, Lancaster's blood from the constant bashing of his body against the side of the fuselage. But nonetheless, he survived. And like I said in the beginning, we didn't want to tell a story that was very tragic. We wanted to tell a story that had somewhat of an uplifting ending. 
And boy, did this one ever, because out of the 87 passengers on board, there were only two injuries. One obviously being Captain Lancaster. There was another individual on board that suffered minor injuries. So, I mean, this just makes this story all the more remarkable. 85 passengers walked away completely unscathed. It's unbelievable. So now we look into this and you know that there has to be an investigation to find out what the hell went wrong. Just like the investigation that is now ongoing with the Alaskan Airlines flight that had the door plug blow off and then thereby ripping off a piece of panel on the side of the plane. So the investigation here is launched and investigators determine that when the widescreen was installed... 27 hours before the flight, mind you, 84 of the bolts used were undersized. They were undersized bolts, which were unable to withstand the force due to air pressure differences between the cabin and the outside atmosphere. It then becomes a matter of criminal negligence. People's lives at risk here in order to cut corners, you know, as a quick way to get things done. And you go about it and you're not expecting anything to happen until someday it does. And it did happen on June 10th of 1990 to flight 5390. The investigators also found that the shift maintenance manager responsible for installing the incorrect bolts had failed to follow British airway policies. They also found the local Birmingham airport management responsible for not directly monitoring the shift maintenance managers. So, I mean, it's it's a question now here of checks and balances. And it seems like nobody was doing their job at this point in time. They are just really lucky, for lack of a better word, that the co-pilot and the rest of the crew aboard flight 5390 was so on top of their game that they were so well-trained and were able to conduct themselves in such a professional manner that they were able to save the lives of all 87 souls on board. We find out that the co-pilot, Alistair Atchison, and uh, our old friend there, Nigel, Nigel Ogden, the flight attendant, he was awarded the Queen's Commendation for Valuable Service in the Air. And what the hell is that, you ask? Well, give me a second. <laughs> uh, this is a merit award for flying service awarded by the United Kingdom between 1942 and 1994. So hats off to all of you guys, man. Very impressive indeed. But. I'm not done. Let's save the best for last. What happened to old Captain Timothy Lancaster, you ask? Well, this guy. (laughs) As if surviving that wasn't enough. You know, you would think, all right, (laughs) never again. I'm, I'm, I'm keeping my feet on the ground from this point forward for the rest of my life. No. Lancaster returned to work less than five months after this incident. I mean, this guy has balls of steel. 
unbelievable, man. And uh, we find out that he ended up uh, retiring from commercial piloting in 2008. So he had a very long career, man. Hats off to him, too. And in addition to the captain, Timothy, we find out the co-pilot, first officer, Atchison, he made his last commercial flight on his 65th birthday, no less, on June 28th of 2015. Another great career. Good for you guys, man. And uh, what about our man, Nigel? I'm reading here. Let's see. Nigel returned to work, but subsequently suffered from PTSD and retired from 2001 on the grounds of ill health. And how could you blame him? And it says here, as of 2005, he was working as a night watchman at the Salvation Army Hospital. Good for him, man. Nigel put life and limb on the line to do everything he could to save Captain Lancaster. And that's exactly what he did. I mean, each and every one of these crew members deserve all the accolades that they can get, man. Absolutely remarkable story of heroism. And uh, too bad Chris decided to miss it. You know, that's on him. <laughs> no, I'm just joking around. Chris is doing well, and his uh, baby, little Kieran, is about to come home. So he's been very busy with that, and we uh, do wish them all the best. And uh, he will be back with us very soon once uh, once everything settles down a bit. So um, with all that said, uh, let me give the rundown, and uh, I can get the hell out of here for the night. You want to get in touch with us, you can reach us at btcpod2020 at gmail.com, or you can get in touch with us on Instagram at Between the Cracks Podcast. If you would like to become one of our lovely patrons, please feel free to do so by clicking on the link in the show notes. You know, help us keep the lights on here at the BTCRF. <laughs> uh, so with that said, I think it's time I wrap it up and wish everyone out there in podcast land the fondest. Oh, a farewell.